We are the young, our lives are a mystery. We are the old who yearn for your face. We have been sung throughout all of history, called to be light to the whole human race. Gather us in the rich and the haughty. Gather us in the proud and the strong. Give us a heart so meek and so lowly. Give us the courage to enter the song. You all don't know this, but every week, John and Elizabeth and I play a little game. The game goes something like this. I pray over what I'm going to preach, and I do not tell them. And then they pray over what we are going to sing and play together as our music, and they don't talk to me. And every week for the past four years, I can't think of a time when the music and the scripture and the sermon didn't fit. So here's a little sermon about what we just sang. Now, I haven't had an opportunity to listen to the royal funeral, you know, the one that happened yesterday at our National Cathedral with Senator John McCain. But I did have the great pleasure of driving to our diocese on Thursday and was in the car from one to two, in which I got to hear a great portion of the memorial from Thursday at North Phoenix Baptist Church. Service was amazing. It was really good. You should listen to it if you haven't. I had a lot of homily envy. After all, I want to preach eulogies like these four gentlemen did on Thursday. And so I went back to actually watch the service on Friday night. And the visuals were absolutely striking. There were so many things that I couldn't see when I heard it. I couldn't see when I was listening that there were Native Americans playing pipe and drum on stage, along with a Scottish bagpiper, or that the speakers were a young black football player and a Mexican-American former staff and some white guys. Couldn't see the diversity reflected in the audience with adopted children, including Bridget from Bangladesh, the diversity of people and the 1,000 tickets that represented the common people of Arizona and all of us. It was the eulogies that did bring me back in to listen to that second time. By now, I think you've heard Joe Biden's speech, or the least, the beginning of it. The speech that started, I am Joe Biden. I am a Democrat, and I loved John McCain. Biden continued with stories of how being across the aisle, being Republican and Democrat, never kept the two of them from having a relationship that reflected more like brothers than it did to politicians. Biden said, John and I grew a great friendship that transcended whatever political differences we had or later developed. Because above all, above all else, we understood the same thing. All politics is personal, and it's all about trust. I trusted John with my life, and I would think he would trust me with his. Biden talked about the great senator living by a different code, an ancient, seemingly antiquated code alive with the values of truth and courage and integrity and duty. 
He talked about how John McCain always looked to the value of each individual and how he deeply and personally understood the words that we all know, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain rights. There were comments from Tommy Espinoza, a Mexican-American, a former staff member of John McCain's. He told stories about how throughout his career he had to keep reminding John McCain that he himself, Espinoza, was actually a Democrat. How when McCain would ask him to run yet another campaign or speak in front of the Republican National Convention, Tommy Espinoza would say, but John, I'm a Democrat. And how John would say, I know, and you're my friend, and you're who I want to do it. Espinoza spoke of McCain's work with immigrant families, about how McCain respected the dignity and honored every single person who came across our border to do hard jobs, to do tough physical labor, and how McCain believed in them and respected them and worked hard across the aisle to create immigration reform. Espinoza talked about how McCain had so much integrity that in their second meeting, McCain actually showed up to his house. And he came even though it was his birthday. There was Larry Fitzgerald, the wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, who said, Many people might wonder what a young African-American kid from Minnesota and a highly decorated Vietnam War hero turned United States Senator might have in common. Well, I thought of a few. Fitzgerald continued with, I'm black, he was white. I'm young, he wasn't so young. He lived with the physical limitations brought on by war. I'm a professional athlete. He ran for president. I ran out of bounds. He was the epitome of toughness, and I do everything I can to avoid contact. I have long flowing locks, and well, John didn't. Fitzgerald continued, how does this unlikely pair become friends? I've asked myself the same question, but you know what the answer is. That's just who he is. And this highlights the very rare and special qualities of Senator McCain that I came to deeply admire. Fitzgerald says he didn't judge individuals based on the color of their skin, their gender, their backgrounds, their political affiliations, or their bank accounts. He evaluated them on the merits of their character and the content of their heart. He judged them on the work they put in and the principles that they lived by. These are just some of the standards that we as a country have remembered this week. That John McCain lived with dignity, honor, and respect of all people. That he respected and honored immigrants and personal color and special needs children without homes and garbage collectors and tomato pickers. 
And after listening to this all this week, it reminds me a lot of a line that we say together when we proclaim our baptismal covenant. When we say the words that with God's help, we will seek to love all persons, loving all persons as Christ and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And we will, with God's help, we will strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. As a nation this week, we remember John McCain as a great leader and a maverick and a war hero and a great American. But I think it's much more than that. As we sit here today in this space as brothers and sisters of Christ, I hope we recognize that McCain's values are intrinsically linked to our own. That through our baptism and through the body of Christ, we share with him in the work of Christ. And that's what I found so moving about those eulogies. It wasn't the American values that I heard. It was the Christian ones, which were stated over and over again, even if the speaker was not able to or did not know how to state those overtly. John McCain was remembered for his Christian faith. Joe Biden said this, all this week, we have heard about how John McCain was a maverick, a true hero, an American. But much deeper than just America, this came from somewhere, from a faith deep inside. Those values were reflected in Espinoza's comments. Espinoza had once asked McCain what kept him going together during his time in the POW camp in Hanoi. McCain's answer, faith in God, first. Love for family and a belief in his country. I heard those Christian values loud and clear in the eulogy given by his former staff member, Grant Wood, who told a story about a time when McCain was a POW at Christmas and how he and his friends gathered together there under a small light to tell the gospel story to one another, to recite scripture as they remembered it, to share in testimony. And it's how they sang, silent night, holy night, all is calm and all is bright. In the midst of captivity and war and hard circumstances. I do believe that John McCain reflected American values, but he certainly reflected Christian ones. Today's epistle marks our movement into the letter of James. It's our first reading from the letter of James, and we're going to be here for a few weeks. James includes one of my favorite Bible passages of all time. James 2.26 For as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without deeds. For as the body without the spirit is dead, 
so is faith without deeds. When I read today's epistle, while hearing all these stories of this great senator, I think we as a people have a note to take about the way we live our lives and about the deeds that we do. So here's the epistle for today from James, and I want us to hear it again. A reading from James. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank and growth of wickedness. And welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your soul. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty and persevere, being not hearers who forget but doers who act, they they will be blessed in their doing. If any think that they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Our nation this week has been talking in our national dialogue about a man who was slow to speak and who listened a lot and who, among other great things, took orphans into his care. This was a man whose physical body was diseased and broken and abused, but whose inner strength and faith shone brightly. In our collect for today, we read, Graft in our hearts the love of your name and bring forth in us the fruits of good works. Our epistle reminded us that we are to be the fruits of creation. And our gospel reminds us that it is what is within and what comes out that is so important that our faith is shown by deeds and the things which come out of our mouth and our hands. 
It's our gospel for today said it doesn't really matter what kind of daily antiquated religious rituals we do or do not do. It doesn't matter what we do in this space if that is more important than our hearts. It doesn't matter what we do if our hearts aren't clean with godly intention and love when we do it. And it certainly doesn't matter if we are broken or bruised or black or white or brown or energized or tired. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. It doesn't even matter the kind of company that we keep or the kind of fame or riches that we have or don't have. It doesn't matter if we are from Nazareth or Jerusalem or Hazard or Washington, D.C. What matters, what matters the most is the kind of fruit that we produce in the world. What kinds of words and actions come out of our bodies and how that light of Christ is reflected within us. Brothers and sisters, we are gathered this day. We, the national spirit of John McCain, the body of Christ, are gathered to remember that through our baptism, we were given the gift of true light, that in the fulfillment of Christ's purpose, he gave a great life to us. So let us become God's first fruit, beautiful fruit, nourished in goodness. And let us go forth in the world to shine, to share, to bring forth the good fruit of good works. Friends, let us remember that just as the body without spirit is dead, so is faith without deeds.